Hey, this is Heath Patchett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 209. The RV Entrepreneur is a podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs, and on today's episode, I have my repeat guest of, I don't know, 20 times, maybe 15. <laughs> Alyssa, thanks for being You on. had such a long pause. I was like, did he forget my name? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that would just go for awkward conversations, considering <laughs> that we live together and we've been married for a very long time. How long have we been married? Since 2014. What? I just was expecting you to do the math. Oh. <laughs> I felt like there was just no time to... Those are the types of answers, like, do I look fat? Do I... Like, how long have we been married? Like, mm. you can't... There can be no hesitation. You gotta be fast. You gotta lean in and just go with it. So, <laughs> this is an episode that you and I have done before in years previous years past years previous and I want to do it it's fun to to share this on the podcast not just because like you know I assume anybody cares or wants to listen to the intricate details of our life but I really find year-end reviews as something that are are valuable and I enjoy reading and hearing about them from other people just you know sometimes it's because I care and I love the person and I just care what's happening in their lives and the other thing is that it's interesting to see people's progression and how they how they're how they're growing in their craft and their career and what lessons they pulled from that year and you know our year in reviews is something that we've been doing since 2014 since we hit the road and you know I since I started journaling consistently and it's something that you and I kind of we we go off into our own little corners of the room and we like do our year in reviews and what went well what what didn't go well and then we kind of share them with each other so and I think it's something that we originally got from Chris Gillibeau. Yeah, we, we stole a lot of things in our career from Chris Gillibeau. Like, um, our conference. Yeah. Chris Gillibeau, if you're unfamiliar, is an amazing author who is somebody that, you know, we now call a friend, which we're very grateful for. But he has a conference called World Domination Summit. They're hosting their last one in Portland in 2021, COVID pending. And... Um, we pretty much copied our whole RV Entrepreneur Summit format from Chris's conference. And, you know, we, we copied his year in reviews. You know, if he does something cool next year, we'll probably copy that. So. <laughs> so he's a good role model. You need good role models and mentors and people to follow in life. This is a little free advice. Full free advice. <laughs> the next one we'll charge you for it. So without further ado, uh, we want to get into our 2020 year in review. And one of the things I do want to say before getting into our year in review is if you go through this process on your own, I'd love to hear from them. And I'm going to throw this out on the podcast before mentioning it to Alyssa, but if she likes it, oh, we'll approve it <laughs> and I'll pass it through the right people. But I would love to do a recap of other people in the RV entrepreneur community and your gear and reviews. So if this is something that like in a podcast or like a blog, like a blog email? post, email, like a blog post roundup from the RVE community, mm. we'll also post in the RVE Facebook group. But I think the idea would be that if you, this is a process that you haven't went through, but you're open to it, or you already have already went through this process for 2020, uh, send us the link on your blog to your year end review. And we can link up to a roundup of these articles. I think that would be really cool. Send them to me. Yeah. It's, it's going on my Trello. <laughs> I'm <gonna laughs> is, there anything that, is there anything you wanted to say before we get into uh, our specific wins and losses for this year? Okay. So one thing that I do want to say, because you like hit the process multiple times, like I think we should just kind of outline what we do for the year in review. Because what I do is I, especially as a mom, 
now. Like Ellie has taken like half of my brain power away from me and I cannot remember like anything that I did in February. So I, whenever I do my review, open up the photos app in my phone and I just like scroll through photos. And then that's like how I remember like, oh yeah, like we did this. We hung out with these people for two weeks. Um, sorry for forgetting you and, and kind of just like work through it month by month recording all of the good stuff first. I think it's very important to start with all the good stuff at the year. It keeps you grateful and in like a good mindset, even if you're sucked. <laughs> yeah, so the, the basic format is we write down the things that went well and the things that didn't go well. And then typically I also write down what I learned from, usually it's the things that didn't go well that I learned a lot from, not totally. always, but That's usually. Life. And then and then I almost will open up another whole document that is kind of taking the key learnings from this year and applying them to future goals. And they're almost two different documents and thought processes. Yeah, because I think reviewing the year and then like planning for the next year are like two totally different mindsets like one like this is like totally reflecting and then looking forward is just like dreaming and implementing like all the ideas and things that that came from looking back that's kind of why you gotta do them in this order sometimes I try to do my goal setting without like thinking back on the year and then I always end up like stopping halfway going back doing my like year in review and then looking back at goals because it just puts you in that right like here's what I've done Here's what I still want to do that I maybe forgot that I wanted to do. And now I'm going to make it happen. And in, in a kind of unrelated way, and then we're going to get into the specifics. I recently went to a founder's retreat with the other companies in our investment group. And we did a kind of a KPI for the, ne the next few months, like, you know, a key performance indicator goal setting basically is what we came up with. I think that that's they actually the startup way of saying we set some goals. We uh, established some KPIs <laughs> for the uh, team. I think, I think it were actually, it was an OKR <laughs> session, like objectives and key results. Oh gosh, that's even worse. Okay. okay. Anyway, but the whole point was like, it was looking forward for the next few months of the things that you wanted to accomplish and the most important things that you wanted everybody on your team to know were the key objectives. Mm -hmm. But we started it by spending the first 75% of the session looking back over the past few months. So I think that it really is a powerful thing that it's hard to look forward unless you kind of first take a step back and, and retroactively look at what were the meaningful moments, what made you excited, what took your energy, and then kind of using that as a framework for looking ahead. So getting into our what went well, we'll kind of just bounce back and forth. Some of these things are overlapping between the two of us. So Because we're married. Because we're married. And, and we live together and we've been married since 2014. Exactly. So <laughs> starting off with the first one, we spent a month on the beach in February in our Forza. And yes. this is something that we just literally prioritized because of a retroactive, like we were looking at our year in review last year. And we realized that in 2017 was one of our most fun years on the road in our RV. Mm -hmm. And we had spent the majority of that year hugging the East Coast on a trip up to Maine. And we just realized that we correlated a lot of our happiness to spending time at the beach. It gives us a lot of energy. We really enjoy it. So mm -hmm. uh, last December or January, I think, we asked you what you wanted. It was my birthday present. Yeah, it was your birthday. So we booked at Destin West RV Resort, which if you're ever going to Destin, shout out to them. It's an amazing little resort, and they also own the hotel across the street. Yes. So you can walk on a footbridge across the street and get access to the hotel amenities for your whole stay mm -hmm. at the campground. So, so we had like hot tub and like restaurants and like beach bar and all this stuff. And it was amazing. It was, 
It was one of those things that Heath and I looked at each other multiple times and we're like, why did we not always winter in Florida? We've wintered in California, like Santa Cruz, like on the, on the coast. We've wintered in like Alabama and Texas, like in the South where we thought winter was like mild and great. Just freaking go to Florida. I don't understand why you're not there. That is like where my mindset is when it comes to winter in an RV. I think most RVers would probably have the response of, we all figured that out a long time ago. <laughs> Literally, like snowbirds are epitomized yeah. of Floridians. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we were the ones who hadn't figured that piece out. So Florida we was great. Slow. Yeah. Another big win was that in January, we were able to host our good friends, Kara and Nate. Uh, they have a YouTube. You didn't host, you MC. We Well, we helped them plan mm-hmm. an event for their a major goal. So if, you, if you're if you unfamiliar, Kara and Nate are YouTubers. They've got a, a really big audience and uh, they hit the road like four years ago and with a goal of traveling to 100 countries. And last year they accomplished that goal and decided what better way to celebrate and it's so funny how things have changed with COVID because the mm-hmm. idea of planning a this type of event is just so different now. But we ended up helping them uh, alongside some awesome event planners put on a conference. It wasn't really a conference. It, it was, was just a, a... It was a documentary premiere. It was a documentary premiere in Nashville and 800 people... Uh, bought tickets and came mm-hmm. and I was able to MC the event. They let me go up on stage and talk, which was brave of them, but we had fun. <laughs> and it was such a really cool experience because we were there for the beginning of that journey and having, seeing them hit the road, accomplish, seeing your good friends accomplish a major life goal and being there to celebrate with them. In some ways it almost felt like a, in a weird way, like a wedding Yeah, so most of our friends that we have now, we met them after they were married and after we were married. And attending someone's wedding, it feels like this very intimate, like, we're really, really friends type of of connection, right? And so to be able to host an event where you meet each other's families and you meet each other, like, all of your other friends that maybe, like, you've seen on their YouTube channel or, like, heard stories about or whatever, and, like, you get to put a face to the name, It was really, really fun to just get to see them in that light. And that's something that we also did like during quarantine, during lockdown, we ended up staying in our friends, Wes and Tira in their little town in Alabama. And we got to have a lot of good distant community time with, with them and their kids because we just chose to like be in that area and and be with them for a little while and work with them because we hired them too live stream our whole conference so that I think that was like a big thing for us this year is we really prioritized working with people that we love yeah the two things that I whenever we looked back on 2017 that were in common were the beach and we spent we didn't go more than two weeks without friends or family on the road so that was a big goal for us this year and actually one of the things I wrote on my wins is even with COVID, we had a quality amount of time with friends. Like we hosted yeah. several meetups before COVID happened. And then with within small groups of just like a couple friends or one or two friends at a time, um, we were able to spend more time with people this year. Um, and, and we, that was something that we really enjoyed. That was a win for me for sure. Um, and it was like extended quality time. Like we parked for a month in your parents' driveway and had a lot of family time. And then we had friends come out and caravan with us for two to four weeks, pretty much all throughout the summer. And so that was really great. 
Another win that I have on the column is watching Ellie grow up into a little person. She learned to crawl and walk, and she's saying more words now. We sing Frozen songs together. She completes them. So I'll I'll sing Love is an Open, and then she'll yell, Door! (laughs) (laughs) She can only do one word at a time, but it's so cute. Oh, it's the best. So watching her grow up has been amazing. And then... Uh, a big win for me was raising uh, seed investment for Campground Booking. We went through our first round of funding this year. Uh, we ended up over we opened up a five hundred thousand dollars seed round for the company, and we ended up oversubscribing that. So we ended up raising more money than we had committed to. We ended up closing the round at five hundred eighty thousand, uh, and so we. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, so we clo- we did that, and then the team grew from just really Paul and myself and two contractors to nine full-time employees. We've went through all the fun stuff of learning how to do health insurance and benefits and all those types of things for the team. And uh, I just kind of feel like we built a solid foundation for a really good business and that business has grown. We're almost at a hundred parks now, which is really cool who are using our platform. So it's been a, it's been a journey to get here, but that was definitely a big win for me this year. It's been a journey. It's been like a full-time, it's been a full-time job Yeah, starting this crazy big software startup you said you grew what 244 percent this year yep from the beginning of the year to now that's amazing yeah and then the last few wins are kind of like looped in collective wins is we bought our first home it wasn't on the list of things that we were going to prioritize this year but it definitely feels like a big win it was just like a timing thing everything with with covid and with ellie running and sitting on top of their air horn and scaring people outside it was okay we're ready to have a house in a yard and one of the things that when I was doing like my goal setting for 2020 I wrote down that I wanted to feel at home wherever we were this year as we were traveling we knew we were going to be in a Forza for only a year and so we really wanted to make that feel like home and as we traveled we wanted to feel you know just like we were together as a family and that it was home no matter where we were and when COVID hit I it was like the most homeless we've ever felt we've talked about that a lot about how we felt like we had no place to go and that really really made us wanted to have want to have our own property that wasn't our campground which we'll talk about in a second I'm sure um but it was our own just just for us just for our family as a home base so that we can go on adventures, but always have some place to go back to. I feel like I have like an unspoken like burden on my shoulders of like not like not having that settled feeling. And so now that we're here and and moved in and the Forza has been returned, which is a little bit sad because we don't have an adventure vehicle, but it feels right. No, it definitely feels good. And we picked a home state, which is Colorado. We moved to the Western Slope in Southwestern Colorado. And one of the things I wrote down was, since we arrived in Colorado, which we've been here in the state since June, mm-hmm. I feel that we've had a, almost a better work-life balance than we've had the past few years where we've been traveling, which sounds weird because it sounds like we would have a much better uh, balance. Like we do a lot of adventures and stuff like that, but there was always this, it was more of like this weird blend. And this year we, with Ellie, we kind of figured out, okay, we got childcare because we're in one place now. And, you know, every weekend we're going out to do adventures. We're going off-roading. We're going hiking. There's so many cool places within an hour drive where we're at in Colorado of like outdoor activities. And, you know, we've said it several times, which is just 
we felt we've had this better balance now that we've been in one place for a bit. Um, and that so was I, our theme for our conference and really the theme for our year. Find was, your balance. Yeah, find, find what works for you. And going really, really slowly in our travels where we were spending two weeks to two months in one campsite and then going out on the weekends or me going to the, the playground with Ellie was a lot more fun for us than trying to get in all the places that we wanted to go and also trying to raise half a million dollars for a startup and trying to write a book and, and blog and, and all those things. Yeah, for sure. So those are all the things that went well. Is there anything that I missed from your list of what went well? I accomplished a lot this year. <laughs> I'll have you know. I, I, made a, I made a list. Got it. Okay. I read 60 books. Nice. This was, I think this was more than last year. I think my record is like 72 books in a year. I'm going to beat it. It's mostly fiction. Yeah. I would say it's like 80, 20 okay. fiction to nonfiction. Life is too short to read a book that makes you want to fall asleep unless you're trying to fall asleep. That's my, that's my, um, theory on books, but I, I use the mess out of Kindle Unlimited. I would recommend it to anyone that wants to read more books because it makes it so easy to just borrow a book and then not feel guilty for not finishing it because you didn't pay for it. So also a library would work if you get a library card. Um, other big thing I accomplished, I sewed a dress this year. That's amazing. You did sew a dress rally. That's a big personal win. That was one of those things on my list. So here's what happened though. I told Heath's mom that I've always wanted to sew a dress and I wanted to sew a dress for Ellie and she makes dresses like she's made wedding dresses for family and so she, you know she knows what she's doing and so she has dress patterns and I'm like I just want something really really easy like that I can do without any experience sewing and so she pulls out this pattern for this really cute dress that's like really easy and it is like the most complicated thing I've ever seen in my life there's like eight different cuts of fabric. And I was literally picturing like, I'm gonna cut a t-shirt shape out of a piece of fabric and then sew the two pieces together. This is how simple I was thinking it was going to be. And it took us like five days <laughs> to sew the dress. So this was a really big accomplishment for me. That was a big win. The dress was really cute. It was a bucket list thing. Ellie was able to wear it like three times and then she outgrew it. But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> maybe we'll have another baby girl someday and she can wear it. And I guess the last thing for me, win-wise, like talking about, about business stuff, we didn't focus a lot on growing the RV Entrepreneur or Heath and Alyssa this year just with being busy with Ellie and raising money for campground booking. Like you can only focus on so many things at one time. But one of the big wins was just book sales being as good as they were in 2020 for my book, um, living in an RV, we sold about 500 books a month on average, which is the same as I did in 2019. And I published the book in 2017. So the fact that it's still selling so well is like a really good passive income win for us. Yeah. That's the value of an evergreen product, a true evergreen product that doesn't require launches. That book has probably been the disproportionately most successful thing we've ever done. Yeah. Cause I, I literally <laughs> wrote it like three and a half years ago. And I did update it this year, which took about two days of, of working, um, to get it all updated, which I think made a big difference. Cause I just put like a sticker on it. That was like 2020 edition. And I have, I looked, um, right before I did this, I have 900, 
review, 915 reviews. Oh my gosh. I know. That's crazy. I got like 500 reviews this year on the book, which to me is like when I'm book shopping yeah. on Kindle Unlimited, which I pretty much do every day. If a book has under 100 reviews, I'm not even going to consider it because like not enough mm -hmm. people have read it to vet that it's good. But if a book has over a thousand reviews, I'm... I'm borrowing it right now because like clearly it's amazing because that means <laughs> tens of thousands of people have read it Yeah. looking at, you know, how many people actually do reviews. So that's awesome. That was a really big business win for me that I could do two days of work and, and boost book sales that much. So that's awesome. So moving on to what didn't go well this year, uh, our number one goal that we kind of put out there into the world was to buy a campground and we did not buy a campground this year. We looked at mm -hmm. probably 15 different properties in Colorado this summer and like really looked at like toured, got their PNL, like made plans of like what our updates would, would be to that property. What would those updates cost? Would this be financially feasible? How many investors would we need to bring on? And then none of them worked out. The one, I think the tipping point for me was it was the end of June. We had looked at quite a few properties. Our good friend Chris and Rachel were with us. And Chris is a contractor, construction guy. And we'd been discussing, you know, buying a property together with each other. We both have little ones and we just felt that it'd be a fun experience to do. And towards the end of the month, we were opening our round of funding for campground booking. And Chris just kind of looked at me and said, hey, look, you've got a for lack of better words, a hog to slaughter, you know, a, I, what? Maybe, was like, maybe that wasn't the right way to say it, but he, he said, you've got this big thing in front of you that you need to take care of. And it's mm -hmm. getting this round of funding done for campground booking. So you can have the team resources and, you know, ability to grow this. And then once those things are in place, you can circle back and do the campground. But I you, prefer the, the baby teenager analogy okay. and not a hog to slaughter. The, the, other, the other way he, he's described it is, you know, you have a business baby and you need to wait till it's at least kind of a toddler and it's walking and mm -hmm. up and around by itself and things like that. I which, like like the RV entrepreneur is like a like a preteen, I mm -hmm. would say. And campground booking, it's like a toddler, like learning to From walk. From a process perspective. And a yeah. campground is like a fetus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I think the theme was, you know, taking a step back and realizing what our bandwidth was and, you know, also just being okay with sometimes we set goals and we don't achieve them because things come up and life happens and, mm -hmm. you know, priorities change, priorities change. And, and that's still a priority for us. But recognizing that other things just need to take precedence was one, a big one. And, uh, and that really became buying a house. Yeah. Was we needed a place to be. We don't want to live at our campground property, mm -hmm. wherever it is. So we need to take care of family first. Yep. And now we're searching for properties. I know a couple of the things that didn't go well. We didn't get to host our in-person version of RV Entrepreneur Summit this year. That's something that we recorded a whole episode about, episode 201, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we've already kind of talked through that. But even though we did get to host the virtual event, it was a bummer not to get to see so many people from the RVE community. We actually put out a post in our Facebook group last week just asking... You know, if we put on an event next summer in Colorado, COVID pending, would anybody be interested in coming out? And there was a lot of people that said absolutely they would love Yay. to be around other human beings. So <laughs> there may be something that we put on the calendar for next year, um, but we just haven't done it yet. So um, it, ideally, it would be at our own campground. Ideally, yeah. No pressure on <laughs> us. <laughs> Another one for me was I. 
I have ran a half marathon the past two years, one a year. And mm. this year I was going to run Imogene Pass, Imogen Pass race, which is a mountain race in Colorado. And uh, to it, be fair, it sounded like a really hard one. <laughs> it did. It's 17 miles uphill up that's a mountain. More, that's more than a half. I know. So it was the idea was you scale up, but it got literally can- you go up a mountain it got canceled. I could have still went and ran it on my own. I just didn't. So I really would like to have some type of physical challenge on the books for 2021 for oh, me. Like another half or something, something harder? Yeah, I don't know. TBD. I'll uh, think about it after I eat a lot of chocolate the next few days for Christmas and stuff. So those are some <laughs> of the motivation. things that didn't go well. The last thing I had on the what didn't go well, and you may have some things to add to this, is mm-hmm. The time management with Ellie. And mm-hmm. while we were traveling, raising our daughter and trying to raise money for campground booking, just recognizing that we kind of sucked at balancing those things. Like they were just, they felt like a lot this year with, you know, me trying to escape the RV to go to a meeting. And in years past when we weren't really full, like all in on the startup, it was easier to blend things. I didn't, we didn't need to be doing constant meetings and things like that. And the work life really aligned well. Mm -hmm. And this year I would just say that we realized we needed to prioritize something between like our family and travel and running the startup and that we can do everything, just not everything all at once. Mm -hmm. And so kind of recognizing that we needed something needed to be removed from the plate and that was full-time travel for us. So, well, I think too, like right before we got into the RV, Ellie went from three naps to two naps And so it was this big transition of now I'm working and traveling and I'm getting less work done because Ellie is sleeping less. And then she went from two naps to one nap later in the summer. And that was really hard for me to then go from having three to four hours of work a day to one to two hours of work a day and just her energy and like literally chasing her around because she loves to run uh, and taking her to the park and all these things. And it was, it was really hard for me just like mentally and emotionally to feel like I wasn't able to work on the things that I wanted to work on. And that was another big, you know, impetus for us deciding to stop travel for a little while is that we, we needed childcare. Like we've talked a lot about if we wanted to like rent an RV or get another RV this winter and go to the beach or go to the coast or something, But it's like, yeah, I would love to do that. I would love to travel, but that would mean no childcare and I'm going to be a full-time mom and I won't have any time to run my business unless I do it from like five to 6 (laughs) a.m. Yeah. And I think we also had fear, or at least I had this little bit of fear of, wow, we have the flexibility to be full-time parents in Mm -hmm. in some ways because we have we can create our own schedules and are we being selfish or am I being selfish because we want help and I think that uh you know we were I was talking with Abigail Feaster one of our professors from the college that we went to and she was just like I realized that I can be a great mom or I can be a great I can be great at running my business but it's hard to be great at both at the same time like when Mm -hmm. she tries to work from home and her daughters her kids are there it's like you're getting the split time and focus and energy versus, you know, now that we have a little bit of help during, you know, some of our weekdays of childcare, we can basically, you know, get our stuff done during the day when Ellie's around, we're, you know, a lot more present versus feeling Mm -hmm. like 
I didn't get anything done today. Yeah. Which is how I felt for like a good portion of the year was just, I didn't get anything done today. And here's the three projects that I'm, I'm behind on. And so getting her childcare in, I think it was October when we found like a, a mom in town, um, that, that has a daughter the same age. And so Ellie has a friend that she gets to hang out with 20 hours a week and she loves it. And she's so happy. And when I go to pick her up, she like doesn't even look at me because she's too busy having fun. Like that is the best feeling in the world to know that we can both be having our own time and and doing the things that we love. Her thing that she loves is playing with kids. Dress up, yeah. (laughs) Playing dress up. So those are what went well and what didn't go well for us this year. And uh, I was thinking maybe we could end it by just sharing like your biggest takeaway from 2020 as a whole. And I'll share mine too. So. Okay. Well, you kind of like already quoted mine because like I wrote my blog (laughs) before you recorded this and then you read it and then you basically quoted it back to me. So plagiarism. But also I think the biggest lesson that I've learned probably a million times in life already is that you can't do everything all at once and you definitely can't do everything on your own like you need a a babysitter or an assistant or to outsource projects whatever whatever it is that in life that you're you're trying to do and make a difference at like you you just can't do it all on your own and you cannot do it all at the same time especially when it involves traveling and running a business and being a parent yeah I think that's a good key learning. And also I feel it's almost been the theme of the episodes that you and I have had on this podcast over the years. What is? Uh, recognizing our limits. And wow. I think that that's a good thing that, you know, I turned 30 a couple of days ago. So I feel like we're entering into this new decade. You and I, you've turned 30 in a couple of weeks. It's mm-hmm. like, um, I guess it's like the maturity. Yeah. Decade. Like we're I, adults. We're trying now. to, we're trying to learn more. I guess for me, the biggest learning this year was not as high level, inspirational kind of thing. It was more just, I learned a lot about raising money because I've Mm -hmm. never went through the process of raising money for a startup. And so I just think that a lot of my learnings this year were really just around how do you put together a pitch? How do you communicate your direction as a company? How do you um, communicate with investors in a way that makes sense? How do you keep your business going while you're raising money? Because it's so much of a focus. Um, I just feel that a lot of this year's learning were just there was this big gray area fog area around raising money for a business. And, you know, we, I bootstrapped, we bootstrapped as long as we could with campground booking on our own and, you know, wanted to continue that path as best we could. And so just kind of going through the process of raising money was a big learning for me this year. Just tackling the unknown. Yeah. That's like the theme of any year. If you're going to do big things in life, at least like time to, tackle the the big gray what did you call it the big gray cloud (laughs) the gray fog that is over whatever it is I think that's a good one I think another if you're talking like business things uh we have a guest post on our blog that just went live this week from Lindsay Newburn about if you should update your book and that's something I did a lot of research on this year as far as writing a new book or launching a new product is a heavy lift but If you can revamp or relaunch or update an old product, you can do that in like a one hundredth of the time and then see big results. And so that was kind of a something that I 
really learned out of necessity of I didn't have a lot of time. I needed to find a way to be making more money and maximizing our existing processes. And so I focused on updating that book and updating our email funnels to get people into different products or different courses and things like that that they would be interested in. And so doing the processes like work so that you don't have to do as much actual work. New, like optimizing what you have versus trying yeah. to build something new. Totally. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Well, that was 2020 for us. I know that this was a roller coaster year for everybody. I feel it's almost a cliche to even mention that, but every year's a roller coaster. Yeah. This year more than most. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, I guess I just wanted to end on a note of saying, you know, I'm very grateful for everybody in the RVE community, people who listen to this podcast. We have a lot of amazing people in the Facebook group, if you're not in there. And, you know, even though we didn't get to host an in-person RV Entrepreneur Summit this year, my hope is that even with us having a home base, what I feel is the essence of the RV Entrepreneur is really about prioritizing the things that make you happy in and you know making time for those things and using business as a vehicle to make that happen like that's my uh, you know kind of thought process around this brand so all that to say even though we have a home base now i'd love to still be involved as much as i can because we've built so many amazing relationships in this community we're still doing a lot of our work in the rv industry so um none of that has to change now that we have a home base I mean, especially if you take me to France to RV and eat croissants. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. 2021. I'm also open to Japan or Iceland. Sounds good. Or we'll, England. We'll do some research. All right. Or Morocco. That is all for today's episode. Thank you guys again so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.